Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, everybody. This is Joe Lynch from the Logistics of Logistics. Thank you so much for joining me on my podcast. Today, I have a really interesting topic. It's a better way to reach your target market with Tom Augenthaler. Welcome, Tom. Hey, Joe. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. We talked a little bit offline and we met just a few weeks ago, but I had seen you on LinkedIn and I kind of was watching what you posted and uh, was very interested in the topic. And I'm very interested in talking about what you do for your clients and hopefully you can enlighten us today. So Tom, before we get started, tell us a little bit about you. What's your company? What do you do? Yeah, my name is Tom Augenthaler. I'm the founder of 551 Media, and that's an influencer marketing consultancy. And I service clients all around the world. I also have a website called The Influence Marketer, and it's on that website that I share knowledge and some of my experiences with others who want to learn about this strategy you know, that's been labeled influencer marketing. Yeah. Where are you based? I'm based in Houston, Texas. Ah, nice. So, Tom, before we go any further, tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? What'd you study? Where'd you go to school? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, I grew up in Long Island, New York. So I, you know, born and raised there. And uh, when I first got out of college, I went to college in Pennsylvania at a small private college called Gettysburg College. And uh, when I returned home, I thought, gee, I, I might as well just try to get a job in New York City. So I weaseled my way into the finance world and did that for several years, became a stockbroker for a while, and then and decided I need to go back to graduate school just to do something different. I really wasn't feeling too fulfilled in the financial services industry. So I went back to graduate school, went to Harvard and got a degree, a master's degree in English and American literature and language. And now you're going to ask me, well, gee, that's a big you, change. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you do with that? Right. So, and that was the question, you know, like, when I was in classes up there, the, the other students would look at me like I had three heads. I'm like, you know, what are you doing in here? You know? So anyway, I went through that program, loved it. And then I decided I'd get into the PR profession. So that's when I got into public relations. And I worked for a number of agencies, ended up moving to Chicago, worked there for four or five years, and finally moved to Houston. And then when I was in Houston, I made the transition to the corporate side, as we call it. So I I left the agency life and I joined HP. And at HP, they hired me to handle their consumer laptop line on a worldwide level. So, you know, I, I, that's what I did for several years there. Nice. And uh, when did you start your company? I didn't start it until two or three years ago. I worked at HP for several years and then I left and I joined a small consultancy that started up here in Texas and worked with them for, oh gosh, seven years or so before jumping ship and then starting my own firm. Well, that's what we're going to talk a little bit more about right now. So today's topic is a better way to reach your target market with Tom Augenthaler. So What are some of the problems people are experiencing trying to reach their target market? Well, let me just tell you a little quick story first. While I was at HP, we were faced, or I was faced, 
actually the whole team was faced with a dilemma. And that was that in 2008, you remember the economy was really not doing very well. Oh, I'm in <laughs> Michigan, trust me, I know. <laughs> <laughs> the banks were failing, you know, and but alongside that, it was, you know, that's what everybody focused on, the banks, probably rightly so from a, you know, high level perspective. But a lot of media publications were going out of business, closing up shop too. And that was the constituency that we really worked with at HP to get the word out about our products and services. We worked with media companies, reviewers, magazines, you know, online sites, all this kind of stuff. And that's the way we did it. But when that was, universe was shrinking, okay, well, the audience is still out there, right? I mean, my target market is still out there, but now the number of publications to go through, you know, is dramatically shrunk. What do I do to fill the void? And that's when I started working with bloggers. In those days, you know, they were just known as bloggers. They were not you know, nobody used the word influencer or any of that stuff. So we started working with online bloggers and I would get them product. They would look at the product, review it, test it out, try it out, and then they would write about it. And they would write these, in some cases, lengthy blog posts or multiple blog posts about, you know, a laptop unit, for instance. And that's how I got started in the whole thing. And then I, when I joined the consultancy, I doubled down on that because I saw it was the future. And the consultancy specialized in influencer marketing. And that's when I made the leap from consumer products to business-to-business products. Yeah, it's an interesting space because, you know, I've been a blogger. I wrote you know hundreds of articles for myself and for others over time. Or I should say blog posts. I always think of articles as something going magazines, blogs being a little <laughs> different. Although I've written for some for the magazines, it's typically just been blogging. And, you know, you do develop uh, somewhat of a following and you do, I guess, have an influence. But uh, I can speak for myself. I was writing about logistics, supply chain, transportation, stuff like that. And I was doing it usually talking about my own experiences or, you know, hopefully promoting the products and services I was selling. I wasn't necessarily doing it for others. So what do those guys do if, if let's just say I'm, I wrote right in logistics and transportation? How would have that worked as an influencer market, influence marketing? So you still have to reach your target market, right? If you're a company and you're you're in the B2B space, whether it's supply chain, procurement, enterprise storage, enterprise networking, heavy machinery, whatever it is, you still have an audience and that audience is looking for help and you have the solution. So the question becomes, how do you most effectively and efficiently reach that target audience in a cost-effective manner? And that's what influencer marketing can help solve. So you can find influencers in any space and you can start to partner with them so that they create the content that talks to the target market. Because let's face it, brands are not trusted today. I don't care what brand it is. I mean, we can, you know, BMW, whatever, right? It's just just a brand talking to you. So it really, it doesn't resonate that well with a consumer. What resonates is when another person recommends a product or service. So, and this happens to us every day, right? I mean, it could be a book, you know, a movie that somebody sees, whatever it happens to be, Joe. When you're talking to somebody else, your friends, your colleagues, your peers, and they recommend something, you're more likely to think to yourself, gee, that, I'm going to look into that. I'm going to check it out. I might even buy that. So that's, it's that concept, but apply it to the business to business world because the same 
dilemma is is shared by them. They're overwhelmed with content. I think there's a statistic where 4 million blog posts are published every day. And that's an old statistic because it's like several years old. So it's probably doubled by now. So how do you get your message in front of those people that you want as customers? And the shortcut is finding people who already have them as an audience and then working with those people to craft a message that reaches them. That's what I do. Maybe you can speak to two things, and this is just some of my observations. So a lot of times I'm finding, and I work in sales training and sales coaching for people in transportation and logistics, but I've always been in that space where I've been in supply chain or logistics. I can write articles and I can write, you know, do a little bit of research. If I haven't already done it myself, I could write an article for somebody. But I'm, I'm not a storyteller. I mean, I kind of am, but that's not, that's not what I was. If somebody said, write about something, I'm not writing it in a, a way that I think somebody who's, you know, understands marketing and branding better would necessarily want. How do you get around that piece of it? It's not about the branding and marketing of it. It's about the message itself and how it's conveyed. So let's take your podcast here, for example. I mean, you're a supply chain guy. If I want to reach the supply chain audience, you're going to be one of the influencers I talk to because I want to get on the podcast, right? Or I want to get my executive on the podcast. Think of it that way. I mean, let's say I'm a, with a I'm with a supplier or something and I want to get on your podcast. I have an executive who'd be a great spokesperson. I would reach out to you, Joe, and say, hey, I've got, you know, Jim over here who's or surely, and they're uh, you know an executive in my company. They have a lot of interesting things to say about what we're doing and the solutions that we're providing. You know, we'd like to see if we could get them on your podcast as a guest. That's I'd pitch you, and I'd see if you went for it. So it you know these influencers can do many different things. Sometimes they're executives in companies. Sometimes they're bloggers. Sometimes they prefer to to you know they have a podcast. You know, there's a guy named Phil Idison, right, who has a podcast about procurement. Now his his audience. It's a very small audience relative to a consumer podcaster, let's say, who's talking about fashion or something like that, who might have you know, tens of thousands or even 100,000 followers or more. Phil has several thousand members in his audience, but that's the right audience that I want to reach if I've got something to say to that procurement target market, right? So that's the way to approach it. It's to approach it through what's relevant and congruent. Yeah, it's interesting Tom, this is another thing. So I've been doing this for a while. And so I have a large audience, a big email list. I have a group on LinkedIn that's got 100,000 people. And one of the things I've noticed in the last five years or so is a lot of the companies that I work with. And I again, I'm doing more sales training, coaching, but I do help promote some things on occasion. There's a lot of companies that, especially newer companies, that don't have nearly my reach. <laughs> so this is the, the dilemma I would always have is, okay, so I'm bringing in, I, let's just some, say somebody decides to work with me or another influencer. We almost have more, with our reach, we have something that our client doesn't have, obviously, or they wouldn't be calling us. But if you're always using influencer marketing, how do you kind of grow your own without them? Well, that's one of the ways you grow. It's through working through other people. So let me give you an example. Are you familiar with a, an author named Tim Ferriss? Oh, I love Tim Ferriss, the four-hour right. work week. Great oh, book, right? I like a lot of his stuff. <laughs> great, great, great podcast, Yeah, too. great podcast. Great books. He's got a series of books now, right? But I worked with Tim right when he was getting his first book, The 4-Hour Work Week, out there, when he was a small fry, if you want to put it that way, right? He was really just getting known. And what Tim did was he identified his target market, and then he 
looked for people that spoke to that market. And one of the people was a guy named Robert Scoble. Now, Robert Scoble is still a very active influencer in the technology arena. He now focuses more on virtual reality and things like that. But at the time, Robert just talked about, you know, general tech issues and things like that and topics within the tech industry. So he's much more of a generalist. Tim reached out to Robert, got to know him a little bit, and Robert ended up endorsing his book. Well, that started the whole thing because once Robert endorsed the book. Then Tim started getting all of these speaking engagements, and he started speaking at places like South by Southwest and other conferences, and he just built upon it from there. So that's the way Tim got started in the whole thing, is through working with very select influencers to reach his target market. And his target market was very specific. It was like young men between the ages of, I think, you know, 18 and 35 or something, or 18 and 30. It was whatever it was, whatever that demographic was. They lived in large urban areas, New York, Chicago, San Francisco specifically. And, you know, Robert was, you know, based in San Francisco. So it was perfect. So that's how he started it. And that's how Tim became an influencer himself. So that's a way that companies can boost the influence of their own executives is by working with people like you get on the podcast, right? I have noticed more and more, if you look at conferences, in fact, the guys over at Winmore, great uh, software, uh, they're doing a webinar coming up and they're oftentimes using, and it, I wouldn't necessarily call it an influencer, but maybe it is, is a lot of professors who've done a lot of research on topics that are cl- near and dear to the companies. And it seems like a really good way to go because it's more than just, you know, I have a big following. It's I have a big knowledge in this space. Well, exactly. And that's what people want to leverage, right? So, you know, a professor, that could be an influencer, a podcaster, a blogger, a guy who's or gal specializes in video. In the supply chain space, there's another influencer named Sherry Hinnish, and she brands herself as the supply chain queen. So in an industry that, you know, I think tends to be kind of dominated by men, you know, she stands out. And she's done a wonderful job of branding herself across all of these different social platforms as the supply chain queen. And she, I think she just started a podcast too. I should actually connect the two of you. <laughs> I think you'd have a I lot know, to talk I, about. I've <laughs> been exchanging uh, LinkedIn messages with her. She's going to be on my podcast in uh, March. But awesome. yeah, I sent a message and she didn't respond. And then I sent another one I, uh, after her silence and I wrote, Sherry, I'm going to take your silence as a definite maybe. And then she responded. <laughs> said, she said, oh, I didn't see your original message. I'd love to be on your podcast. So, uh, yeah, hopefully in March. But yeah, she, she has a humongous following. And I was impressed with the things I saw, her content also. So she wasn't just, I'm building a following. It's I'm building following based on a lot of knowledge that she's sharing with the market. Yeah, a very smart gal. And she approaches it all from a different angle. But that's that, you know, so in the supply chain space in which you operate, I mean, there are actually quite a number of influencers there. And if you're a company that has a solution, one of the best ways to reach your target market is to reach out to influencers just like you. Yeah. Well, again, I consider myself, I am a supply chain guy, but I'm more specific to the logistics and transportation side more now. I grew up in the supply chain for the automotive supply chain, which I always call the biggest 
baddest supply chain on earth. <laughs> yeah, it's a pretty big one, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, Tom, so we talked about the problem that, you know, that with traditional media changing, obviously we're not all getting magazines to our house anymore. We're not uh, getting newspapers to our house. And we have obviously evolved adapted to the digital. But you're saying there still seems to be a gap with companies getting kind of cost-effective engagement. Is that right? The way yes. You say it? Yeah. So to a degree, companies still have to do certain things. They still have to advertise. They still have to, you know, do PR. And those are legitimate ways to market. And they're quite often very necessary. For instance, you know, I tell people like if Coca-Cola stopped advertising, you know, within a month, people would start to wonder, well, what happened to Coca-Cola? I mean, are they not around anymore? What's going on? Right. So just to maintain that, you know, their presence in the mind of consumers, they have to do certain things at this point. So advertising is one of those things and public relations as well. You know, if they're opening up a new market or, you know, I don't know if Coke even need a new market. I mean, aren't they? <laughs> they're probably all over the world at this point. But, you know, if, if there's a crisis or something, they're going to need PR. But how else do you really speak in a way, in a human way to your audience? especially if you're a B2B company, because B2B companies have a much more difficult time of it, where Coca-Cola is just a can of soda pop, and you just pop it open and boom, enjoy it. You know, how do you talk about, you know, heavy machinery? How do you talk about, you know, a supply chain solution or procurement solution? How do you talk about enterprise storage? You know, you can't exactly take those products and put them in the hands of a reviewer. So you have to find another way to do it. And very often, the influencers are storytellers in their own right. So, they help you take your message and make it palatable in a way that reaches that market. Now, that can be done very cost-effectively, especially in the B2B arena, because influencers are really not very expensive to work with as compared to the consumer side of things. I mean, on the consumer side, you know, the big names always come to mind, like Kim Kardashian, right? I mean, what is it? She gets like a, I don't know, a quarter million dollars to make an Instagram post or something absurd like that, right? But, you know, the woman that's a whole different spectrum. That's a whole different arena, right? You're not operating there, right? Nobody in the supply chain space is going to care what Kim Kardashian has to say, right? I mean, it's not relevant. So you're going to find, you know, people that are relevant and they're going to be much more cost-effective to work with. In some cases, it might even be free. I mean, maybe it's just an exchange of value. You know, you get me on your podcast and, you know, I'll take you to this event. You know, all all expenses paid or something. You know, I mean, it could be, you know, a quid pro quo like that. We'll get right back to the podcast in just a moment. If you sell transportation or logistics services, the Logistics of Logistics can help you sell more. Our customized program will help you understand your sales personality, including your strengths and blind spots, get more sales leads, and improve your communication and salesmanship. We can also position you as a recognized industry expert and help you reach your target audience. To learn more, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com. And now, back to the show. So we've obviously, as I said, traditional media, the the offline stuff is what it is. As you said, they still need PR and stuff like that. But, you know, we do have digital marketing. So you could have somebody write you know, content that gets is SEO friendly. I can still create my own videos. Is that, how does that compare again in terms of cost effectiveness between that and influencer marketing? Cause this is my own experience. I hear from a lot of marketers who say, yeah, if I got to write 
you know, four articles a month for you or help you write four articles in a month and do the SEO and do the social media, you know, it quickly gets in five, five grand plus per month. And then you come back and say, there's kind of this expectation in the logistics and transportation space that when am I getting my money? When am I going to start seeing a big ROI on this? Mm-hmm. And that's, I find like, I find like there's a, maybe a predisposition towards, I don't want marketing, I want sales. So talk about, you know, again, comparing this influencer marketing to, again, other digital marketing options. Well, so compare and contrast. It depends what you're trying to do. It all depends on the objective. You could be paying somebody five grand a month to develop content for you. And, you know, that might be worthwhile to do. Some of that content might be placed with other you know, other outlets, you know, there are other online outlets that are looking for content and you might be able to place some of it there. In the PR world, a lot of that's called bylined articles. So it's just, you know, it's like an adversarial, you know, in a way, right? Yep. So, so those are still out there. All those things are still out there. I'm not saying that those are not good to do. I'm saying it depends on, on your objective in your business. So you have to look at it as what's the most bang for my buck? What's working? So you're always going to want to track to see what's happening and what's working. So, If a specific influencer isn't bringing in the leads that you'd like or the traffic that you'd like, then look for another one. The other thing is to consider is that on the consumer side of things, things happen very quickly. So if I've got a you know, a brand new sport jacket or something I want to market, I can find influencers on Instagram pretty quickly. Within a matter of a couple of weeks or so, I could probably get a campaign up and running if I had the budget to supply those influencers with the content they need about the jacket and I could have a landing page and you know all those kinds of things all set up with UGC and I could have all those things set up so I could track everything that happens. On the B2B side of things, the sales cycle is much longer. It doesn't happen overnight. And it's a much more, usually a methodical process. What you're looking for here is influencers to insert or to influence that sales cycle. Right. You want because you have a buyer's journey, as we put it in marketing. Right. You know, we have a you know, we find you, then we sort of look at you for a while, we assess it, maybe we reach out, maybe you know, maybe you reach out to us, and then we go through the negotiation and it either happens or it doesn't. So that's a longer sales cycle, right? I mean, so what you're gonna want to do is find influencers that are at the top of the funnel, the middle funnel, and the bottom of the funnel. Ideally. Now, even if you could just start with the awareness, that's the easiest thing to start with. But that's going to at least generate a few different things for you. You're going to have better content. You're going to have content that speaks to your target market in a human way rather than a brand way. It's not overtly selling, so it's a little bit more palatable to the market, to the consumers. They're going and they're going to probably be more open to it. And it's suggestive and persuasive. So, it helps that top part of your funnel right there because everybody, I don't care what business you're in, you've got to be doing something to generate awareness. If yep. you stop generating any awareness, people are going to forget about you. Out of sight, out of mind. <laughs> exactly. Right? So- so, Tom, this is great stuff. It's, it's a brand new world, isn't it? So <laughs> as a way to kind of summarize this, why don't you talk about how companies can get started using influencer marketing and as a way to better reach their target market? Yeah. All right. The first thing is you've got to know what your objective is, right? So if you cl- have a clear objective, the objective is to build more awareness. Maybe the objective is to get more consideration, for your product, for your brand, or maybe it's to just generate leads, right? So you're going to want to find influencers that can do that for you. And that's 
you know, pretty much what you want to reach out to a consultant like me to get help with, right? But the other thing to remember is you don't have to start working with lots of influencers at once. There's a lot of sort of misinformation out there or it's just construed wrong, I think. And a lot of, because a lot of the articles are about the consumer side of things. And the consumer side, they all talk about scaling, right? It's like, well, how can I scale from 100 to 1,000 influencers? Well, you don't need to do that on the B2B side of things. You could start real small and real select. Think like Tim Ferriss did. Who are the two or three key players that you really want to reach out to and start working with, start developing a relationship with, right? And I use that word deliberately, relationship, okay? This is not about, I'm going to pay you three grand, you're going to post some content for me, and then we're going to forget each other, right? My philosophy and the philosophy I see that works in the B2B space over the 10 years that I've been doing it is develop relationships with people and think long-term. So think, all right, hey, we'll spend three grand now. We'll get some content developed and let's see where it goes. Maybe we do an event together. Maybe we do a webinar together. Maybe, uh, you know, at that conference coming up in June, you know, we connect there. Maybe we record a podcast episode together. You know, there's all sorts of different things to do. Once you develop a relationship with somebody, other possibilities and ideas then become, they become possible. So that's the way to approach it. That's the governing philosophy. I like it. And, you know, Tom, so often I say this in when it comes to working with shippers. You know, I work mostly with transportation logistics companies. And I always say, I want, if I'm working in a transportation logistics company, warehousing, fulfillment, whatever it might be, I want a strategic relationship with the shipper. I don't want transactional. And and it's so often, you know, you don't ever get enough value in my mind from transactional relationships. So I really like what you focus on. Build that long-term relationship. You're not going to get the value out of a quick hit. Exactly. And, you know, that's the the message that I really want to convey to your audience is think of this as a strategic relationship. I like how you put that. Think long-term. Think like, you know, all right, let's put our toe in the water with this. You know, let's try it out. I for instance, I was at a, a conference back in September speaking at Content Marketing World, and I met a gal who is with a company, and it's a regional company, and it's down in the southeast United States, several states. And I was asking her, you know, she was asking me, we were having this conversation about influencer marketing, and I said, well, what are you guys doing? Have you tried it? You know, are you doing anything with it? And she said, we are, and we've just started, and we we're working with one influencer, right now. And we're going to see how it goes for the next several months. We've got a contract with her and we've got a plan and you know we're going to see how this goes. And I said, that's exactly how you should do it. Don't jump in and dump tons of money into something without really understanding how it works. Get a feel for it first. Start right. with one, start with two, right. start with three, and then build out from there. And you know, one of the best ways to find influencers, Joe, is to talk to the influencers you get to know. Right. And say, hey, do you know anybody else in this space that I should be speaking to? Because at that point, they understand you better and your company better, and they can recommend a couple of people or a few people or even more. Who knows? I will say this, Tom, my own experience is creating content. I got to know other bloggers over the years, Adam Robinson over at Syracis. I know the guys at Freight Waves. I know George Muha. And they we all kind of moved, at least Adam and George, and I all kind of moved into podcasting around the same time. And the only reason I did it is because George said he was doing it. And I was like, what? That's so stupid. What are you doing that for? <laughs> Here I am. Here you are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, 
Tom, speaking of strategic relationships, why don't you tell us a little bit about more about what you're doing over at 551 Media and how, uh, if somebody was interested, how they might reach out to you. Yeah, well, the first thing I'd ask them to do is just come to the website and check it out. I have a bunch of content there, consumer side of things and the B2B side of things, although the B2B side of things is really where my heart is at. I provide a number of services. The first one is just training. Right. I mean, I go in and I help a company, I help their team, whether it's a small team or a large team, I can help them train them so that they know how to do influence marketing right for a B2B. And that's from soup to nuts. And then I show them how to find them, vet them, you know, figure out whether they know what they're talking about or not. Do they have fake followers or not? I could show you how to figure all that out. It's pretty easy, actually. And then how to work with them. You know, do you need a contract? Do you not need a contract? You know, I mean, what to pay them, what not to pay them, you know, how to do a quid pro quo and then how to build the relationship. And I can, you know, get them on their way. But I also provide a more one-on-one type service. This is where I coach one or two people on the team through the whole process in an eight-week period. So that's, again, from soup to nuts, but I handhold them the entire way. So the other, the previous one is a training, you know, come into it either virtually or on-site. On-site is always preferable because then I can really meet with everybody. We can have lunch, dinner, you know, stuff like that, you know, really kind of... Yep break bread, get to know each other a little bit better. But the virtual option is available as well. And then, you know, I can also just do, you know, if you're already doing some of this, you just need a little bit of help, you know, strategy call. I work with brands to help them get their executives positioned on platforms like LinkedIn and Twitter so that they can start building an audience there so they can become influencers in their own right. Because actually today, if you're going to leverage social media platforms to their fullest, the executives, or at least some of the executives and rank and file people in the company should be on social media talking about what they do. And there are ways to do that and ways not to do that. So I can help companies with that as well. That's excellent. That's excellent. So what is the name of your website? Theinfluencemarketer.com. Okay, excellent. And do you have a separate site for 551 Media? Nope. It's all in one. So. Okay, good, good, good. So I'll put then a note to that in our show notes. Awesome. Tom, thank you so much. This has been wonderful. It's it's a brand new space here. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it really, it really is moving quickly. And it's, you know, you go to school for marketing and you go to school and you, you read articles and then all of a sudden this kind of thing hits and you go, huh, I know what influencer marketing is on the consumer side. And, you know, to think that it's moving to the B2B side was very surprising. <laughs> yeah, it's quietly happening. It's not as it's not as loud. Yeah. Tom, I'm willing to do it. I just ideally I don't want to get butt implants for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. <laughs> All right, Tom. Thank you so much. All right, Joe. Thank you. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversations with experts in the logistics field. If you're an expert and would like to be featured on the Logistics of Logistics podcast, please email Joe Lynch at joe at the logisticsoflogistics.com. 